Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Double Reel Film Podcast, which goes out periodically when there's some bonus content to share. Think of it as the special features disc in a deluxe version of a DVD release. This month, episode three of the normal Double Reel Podcast featured a special guest conversation between James Adamson and James Adamson on the Oscars. It turned into an epic that needed savage editing to fit it into the episode. But since we had more to say that didn't make it into the episode, this extended director's cut of the interview is here with you today. All two and a half hours plus of it. Now, the nerdy completists among us don't need any further justification for a hugely extended bonus edition of what we've already listened to, but there are some reasons it was worth releasing in its long form. The conversation flows more naturally, other films and awards were discussed which you didn't get to hear about, and in particular more time is given to properly develop James's thesis that Hans Zimmer's film scores have been scandalously overlooked by the Academy. So here it is, in two parts with an intermission, yes it's that long, the epic Oscar conversation to get you through the rest of the summer. Hello and welcome to another edition of James Adamson in conversation with James Adamson. I'm not interviewing myself, my son is also called James Adamson. If you listened to episode two, you'd have heard our lively discussion of our best and worst experiences going to the cinema together. We've got a different topic this month. Uh, we're talking about the Oscars, and specifically we're talking about how the Oscars have a reputation for perhaps of not uh, giving their awards to the best recipients. Uh, and sometimes those reasons might be political, sentimental. There were films that no one got at the time, and you know history's been kinder to the ones that didn't win than the ones that won. Or sometimes they just went completely mad, and no one can explain why they gave the awards that they did. Now, I personally think certain eras or decades have been worse than others for that. So James and I are going to do a, a comparison. Um, what we're going to focus first on Best Picture, the, the you know the, the award that was given out to Best Film, not Foreign Film. Um, I'm going to look at the the 1980s and the 1990s. Uh, and then James, other James is going to look at the 2000s and the 2010s, and we'll see if any era we think is better or worse than others have any, you know, have, have, have the reasons they vote for what they vote for changed or anything like that. Um, I'll start by saying I think uh, the 70s was a pretty good decade where Oscar tended to get it right, uh, and we'll look at what happened since then. Um, and then after we've done that, we're going to look at the worst Oscar winners, some notable injustices and snubs, although we will have picked some of those out in our review of the decades and uh, people are one for the wrong thing. But firstly, welcome, James. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you very much for having me. I'm raring to go. Um, absolutely ready to watch you dissect the 1980s. Right, so let's make a start. So the, the, I don't personally think the 80s was the worst decade, but it got off to a hell of a bad start because in 1980, uh, I think a lot of people would look back and say that the best film that came out that year was Raging Bull. Uh, other classic films that yeah. came out that year were The uh, Elephant Man, the Empire Strikes Back, American Gigolo, uh, and The Shining. Now, something like Empire Strikes Back in a horror film like The Shining might not get considered, but I think Raging Bull, it, it regularly tops people's best films of the 80s, some people's best film of all time. Um, the Oscar didn't go to Raging Bull, it went to Ordinary People. And that is a, you know, well, you know when we come to the injustices, that's probably going to be a leading one right there. How on earth that happened, uh, it, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Um, the... What, what I would say on that is Ordinary People is about affluent um, people with kind of dysfunctional personal lives who live in uh, a nice house in California, uh, and, and that's who votes for the Oscars. Uh, and you'll, you'll see over the years that films about that kind of topic, the Oscars love it because it reminds them of them or their own relationships with their families. But right there, I think the 80s, does, it does not start well um, in terms of uh, who won the best Oscar there. And, and I, I don't know what you... Um, what you think of those films or what you think of the films? Um, I'm 
I have to admit, I've not seen Ordinary People, so your comment on it will be obviously much better than mine, but I have seen The Elephant Man and obviously Raging Bull. Now, Raging Bull is, well, in my opinion, the, you know, the standout film from the selection that I'm looking at here. The Elephant Man is also really good. Yeah. Um, good performance from John Hurt. Obviously, Robert De Niro deserved to win for Jake LaMotta. That was just, you know, extraordinary. Um, but if you're saying to me that Ordinary People didn't deserve to win and it only won because it was voted for by the people that it's basically depicting, then absolutely I would consider that an injustice. I think it's definitely a good film and it's not like it's a bit of light comedy that has no meaning or weight. I mean, it's about a family yeah. who's lost someone, you know, someone close to them through suicide and it is about kind of people dealing with shit and it is a really good film. I don't think people, you know, that there will be things that I mentioned here that get me really angry that it won. Ordinary People is a good film a very good film, I thought. Raging Pull is a great film. The problem is, is that the people who are, you know, voting for the Oscars, um, they have a lot more in common with the cast of ordinary people than they do with working class Italian Americans with um, some, you know, quite serious personality issues. Um, but yeah, that's Raging Pull. And I mean, Scorsese has. It's not the first time that Scorsese was ill-treated. In 1976, he, he directed Taxi Driver. Um, yeah. And while I think the seventies was generally quite good, they did all go a bit mad in the set in in seventy six. It could have been uh, Taxi Driver, and it could have been The Outlaw Josie Wales would have been my standouts for that year. And they gave it to Rocky. God bless him. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> and you've got, you've got to wonder after Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, you wonder what Scorsese's doing wrong to not get the you know recognition. Fucking Rocky! His, oh, his directorship. Wrong decade. Wrong decade. We're coming up. I I think that it doesn't matter if. Raging Bull's not one because The Shining didn't get a single nomination. Yeah, I mean, films like that just weren't getting a look in back then. I mean, ah. Just simple as that. It's a horror movie, forget it. Even a Stanley Kubrick horror movie, although Stanley Kubrick wasn't particularly well, you know, treated by the Oscars either, but that, that sort of film. I mean, you know, Empire Strikes Back is a, is a, is a classic film, but I think what I, what I say about the 80s is that the 80s as a, as a decade, there's always been films that are more likely to win Oscars than others, and like genre pictures tend not to do as well, because I think there's this general attitude that genre pictures get awarded with lots of money at the box office. And films that win Oscars are often about kind of rewarding excellence that doesn't necessarily make as much money. And that's fair enough. I think what happened in the 80s was they almost perfected the Oscar film, films that have been absolutely machine-tooled very carefully to win awards, you know? And I think you can kind of see that with some of the, the things that come through. But yeah, Shining was probably very ill-treated. And Elephant Man, Elephant Man got, you know, recognition at the Oscars, but I mean, the, the, big, the big story there is how did Raging Bull not win? You only got recognition through nominations, which I guess is nice to be nominated. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Fame won a couple of Oscars. Tess won all the uh, artsy ones and cinematography yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But it's obviously Raging Bull and The Shining because The Shining is the best film of that year. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna go by what they're gonna nominate, um, then obviously Raging Bull should still be winning over Ordinary People, and then Elephant Man should be winning over Ordinary People. Given given what you've described to me, because I don't want to say this should have yeah. happened because actually seen it but yeah raging bull is definitely better than ordinary people and I'm yeah, not even sure. seen it. so ni 1981 um is another very middle brow year and the, the other thing to kind of note is that mark kermode who i'm i'm not contractually bound but i just tend to mention him every time i do a podcast he gave uh, sort of some interesting information about how they vote for best picture i don't know if you if you know this but the whatever's on the ballot it used to be five films and now it's 10 you're asked to vote for them in order of preference Oh, fucking hell. So your first film, your second film, you know, out of the 10. So something is your 10th favourite or fifth favourite, something is your first favourite. And it's almost certainly been the case that a film that was nobody's actual favourite but was everybody's second or third favourite has won the Oscars some years. 
And that does tend to make films like, you know, it tended certain films get chosen for that reason. A film that's absolutely amazing, but some people didn't like um, is going to get really punished for a film that everyone goes, yeah, that's quite good. We'll be like, we'll shoot forward in the ratings. It's like the liberal Democrat voting system. Okay. Um, yeah. So 1981, Chariots of Fire one. And look, I don't know if you've, have you seen Chariots of Fire? Uh, that's the jogging one with yeah. the, the F on the Yeah, that's right. Jogging on the beach. Fuck off did that win Best Picture. Best Picture. Now, the thing is, lovely music, nice stuff. Um, but it, it's the sort of film you'd show now and go, yeah, that was nice. That was a good film. But it, it doesn't, like, offend me that, uh, that it's a, a well-thought-of film. But look at some of the other films that came out there. I think the best film that came out that year was Blowout, and that didn't do very well. Um, at the box office and you know I went on about why that you know is a shame but also Excalibur came out that year not that you know those sorts of films get uh, um, get awards Time Bandits came out as Terry Billiam's uh, debut after leaving Python that's a stunning film um, Southern Comfort um, there's also some you know action films like Mad Max 2 Escape from New York and Raiders of the Lost Ark came out that year now Raiders did get nominated for Best Picture which shows what you know how successful that was because and out and out action towards films that get nominated because Raiders is an action it's not a family film it's like a fun yeah. film it's not tedious you know Harrison Ford's not in it with you know you know method acting as an archaeologist it's like a fun film that is just really really good so it does it's a, a notable change in attitudes towards yeah films yeah that get but I think to be honest yeah. it was nominated but never going to win but yeah so I mean Blowout it is um, Brian De Palma's best film and it's a it's an absolute classic of the genre but again no, Ch Chariots yeah. of Fire is it's a true story about, you know, an era that people feel nostalgic about. The music is lovely and, you know, it's just one of those ones. I would bet you that that is like second or third on everybody's ballot paper, um, but no one had a standout, you know, favourite, if you see what I mean. Chariots of Fire is a lovely yeah. film, very nice. Um, but that's, you know, not, 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 not the best choice either. I mean, I don't think the 80s got it right in any given year as to what film is the best, but um, 1982. Now... My favourite film that came out in 1982 was Blade Runner, but I, you do, I do have to acknowledge that Blade Runner was screw, screwed on release. The best version of Blade Runner didn't come out until long after the, you know, the, the awards were over, so it's kind of not surprising that it wasn't nominated for um, Best Picture. I think it was very harsh that the cinematographer, Jordan Cronenworth, didn't uh, win for Best Cinematography that year. Yeah, but look, look, mm, yeah, but look at what they fucking nominated. They fucking nominated E.T. for Best Picture, and Steven Spielberg for best director for E.T. Yeah. So fucking E.T. Yeah. So oh. so I'm I'm not surprised that um that Blade Runner didn't win, but I mean the best film I aside from that that came out that year was King of Comedy, another Scorsese film, which barely made a, a dent in the nominations anywhere. I don't think it was nominated for anything, which is mm. shocking because that is in my opinion uh Scorsese's best film and De Niro's best performance and it's nowhere in these nominations. That's an injustice in itself, but do you think it would have won against Gandhi anyway? Because Gandhi is a very, very, very good film. So yeah, Ga Gandhi, Gandhi won, and I like. I would say that there's times I would say that the, my favorite film didn't win that year, but you can understand why Gandhi won. It is a a very a beautifully made, amazingly acted, uh, uh, you know, epic about an important political figure. So it's. I don't think it's the worst thing that it won, but I think it's harsher. The King of Comedy didn't get anywhere in the nominations. Yeah. That's what, I think that's what we're finding. We're finding the stuff that isn't getting nominated, like The Shining, because upon reflection, those films are like they've had they've had forty years, nearly forty years of people to watch. It's that they've stood the test of time better than some of the films that get yeah. you know awards chucked at them that year. 
Blade Runner did get nominated for visual effects. Yeah. Aren't you feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like I say, I don't think the person to blame for that is 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 the Oscars. It's the the producers who yeah. fucked Ridley Scott over. To be honest. Um. So, nineteen eighty three. I think the best film that came out in nineteen eighty three is The Right Stuff. The um the other films that were great that came out that year were Local Hero, Educating Rita. Um, if you know if you're gonna if you're gonna award a British film lots of awards, you know, not Chariots of Fire. How about Educating Rita? That's a tremendous film. Scarface, although that would that splits audiences down the middle even even now. And The Big Chill and there's a great Cronenberg film called Videodrome came out that year. That's never gonna win in a million years. And, you know, films where James Woods pulls a gun out of his own belly are not gonna win the Oscar. Um. <laughs> but the one that the film that did one was Terms of Endearment, which is straight down the line like ordinary people. It's the it, it's um it's one. Pe- pe- people in the Oscar voting ballot are going, Oh, my auntie's like that. And look, it's a really well made film. Shirley McLean's a fantastic actress and Jack Nicholson was was amazing, making a huge comeback. But if if you've seen the rights, if you haven't seen the right stuff, I urge you to go and do so. It's absolutely stonking, stonkingly brilliant film. Um and, yeah, it's about the fifties, you know, an early sixties space program, and you know the the film that you want to go back and watch time and time again from that era is not Terms of Endearment, but it it you know it 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 got a nice you know teary huggable emotional response from from the Oscar voters. So eighty four now eighty four now the best film that came out in nineteen eighty four was Once Upon a Time in America, but. The full version of Once Upon a Time in America was never shown in America at the time. It was only shown in Europe. In America, they released a two-hour version of that film. Why? Because they're morons. They cut two hours <laughs> out of Once Upon a Time in America, and everyone watching went, I don't know what the fuck that's about. Um, so I, I can't, you can't really blame the voters for a film they didn't see. Um, and I, if it's not Once Upon a Time in America, I, I have no problem with Amadeus winning Best Picture that year because I, I love Amadeus. It is a, an amazing film. It was always going to win, wasn't yes, it? It's about fucking Mozart. Yeah. It, you, it doesn't matter what film you're making that year. As I know, it, the Once Upon a Time in America is your favourite film, but it doesn't matter what film you're making that year. If Amadeus is coming out and you've got people playing Antoine Salieri and Amadeus Mozart, sorry, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, there's no point in making any films. Yeah, look, that film was spot on. You're right, though. Some films have that kind of unstoppable momentum come award season, don't they? But when it's something as good as Amadeus, I don't really mind. Um, the other films that are worth a mention that year, there's the uh, 1984, as in the you know the George Orwell adaptation, which was very good. This is Spinal Tap. Although again, that's not you know <laughs> if if you're gonna if you're gonna nominate something for a screenplay, um, this is Spinal Tap's got some of the greatest lines of dialogue of all time. Um, um, but you know, again, it's not a film that in those days got that kind of recognition. Um, Biggest injustice, I would say, is that Pat Morita didn't win Best Spring Actor for the Karate. <laughs> he was that, he was very good. That that's just that's a crime. Yeah, I mean, the, the film that did really well then was The Killing Fields, aside from Amadeus, which is a, a very a very Oscar-y film. Um, I think that one. I think one of the most kind of uh, notable missing films from that year is Blood Simple, the first film the Coen Brothers made, because uh, that is that is great and. Um, you know, now the Coen brothers, because people have heard of them, that, you know, the Oscar voters are waiting to nominate it, you know, but when, you know, when they were first new, it was like, blood simple. What's this? I, I don't, I don't get this kind of film. Whereas now you go, oh, yeah, that's an absolute classic. So, you know, the Coen brothers got penalized for being a little bit ahead of their time. Now, 1985 is a big controversial year. I mean, there is a lot of discussion about the nominations that were made this year. Um, now, I think the best film made that year as Akira Kurosawa was Ram. Yeah, 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 they're not going to nominate that. Absolutely. So it doesn't 
you know, foreign foreign language films back then don't win. I mean, Parasite this you know last year was the first, or this year when the award ceremony was held, first foreign film to win Best Picture, like in a hundred, you know, nearly a hundred years. So yeah, was that not? I know. I was thinking Roma by Alfonso Cuarón, but is that he just won that best? Yeah, he did, yeah, he won Best Director, but it didn't win Best Film. So, uh, <laughs> so Rat, so it got some recognition in that it was nominated. I think it was nominated for Best Film, and Kurosawa was definitely nominated for Best Director. Um, and that's, I think, that's very, you know, that, it didn't get nominated. It didn't get nominated for Best Picture, but yeah, Kurosawa did get nominated yeah, for Director. Yeah. Now, the the big snub or the big kind of talking point that year was that The Color Purple was released that year by Spielberg. Um, and it was nominated for 11 awards, but didn't win any. And the, the film that actually won um, that year was Out of Africa. And what one's that again? Is that the Meryl Streep one? Meryl Streep, yeah. It's Meryl Streep as uh, it's based on the true life memoirs of a woman called Karen Blixen, the Danish writer who was among a bunch of wealthy people who traveled to move to live in Kenya or something in like the 40s or 50s or something like that. Um, and. The, the other good films that came out that year were like uh, Preetzi's Honor, Brazil, After Hours, another very underappreciated Scorsese film which didn't get anywhere near anyone's note, you know, sort of to get no one took notice of it. And Back to the Future, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna yeah, give a mainstream yeah. film awards again, wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, that's yeah. that is an absolutely classic film that just isn't, you know, an Oscar film as far as they're concerned. The the, the shock of the color purple is that it just didn't win anything. Spielberg wasn't. Even he wasn't nominated for Best Director. No, 11 nominations for The Colour Purple, including Best Picture, but he wasn't nominated for Best Director. And that's that, odd. that is a snub. I mean, the, the talk, people talk about it in terms of, um, oh, Akira Kurosawa took his place on the ballot paper. But I'll tell you who shouldn't be on the ballot paper is the director of Out of Africa, Sidney Pollack. Nothing against Sidney Pollack. I think he's a really good director. But of, of the, you know, he's, Out of Africa is a typical sort of nice, but not particularly, you know, insightful Oscar film. It's it's built for Oscars and it's does not deserve in a million years to win Best Picture. And Colour Purple, very hard done by not to win Best Picture. And um the Whoopi Goldberg was very sort of unlucky not to win Best Actress. I mean now you'd probably say if a film like The Colour Purple was going to get made, they'd probably be wonder why a, a, an African American director didn't make it or, or, or a black director you know, who's who's not American like Steve McQueen or Amara Sante. You know, Ava DuVernay, who did Selma, would, you know, probably be selected to direct it now. But I don't think anyone had an objection to Spielberg directing it back then, you know, for that reason. And I don't think, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with Spielberg directing a film about, you know, black people if he does a great job of it. Um, there was almost an element of, hey, Spielberg, why are you doing this instead of Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T.? We don't want you to make this kind of film. We want you to make that kind of film. And it's almost I mean, like, yeah. yeah, and it's like, uh, stay in your lane to Spielberg. And, you know, that's not his problem now because I think he's made some other very serious films and he had, you know, breakthroughs later. But there was definitely an element of, yeah, Spielberg shouldn't be making that kind of film. Now, 1986, um, I think the best film that came out in 1986 is Aliens. Uh, yeah. I think it's an absolutely <laughs> stunning film. And uh, Sigourney Weaver was nominated for Best Actress. Again, an action sci-fi with horror elements is not going to be, you know, uh, is not going to win all the awards um, back then. I, I get a feeling, though, if something as good as Alien came out now, the, the Academy, to be fair, might consider it more. Um, the film that did win that year was Platoon, which I think is a decent choice. I don't have a problem. I mean, other, other good films that came out that year were Blue Velvet, The Fly, Manhunter, The Mission. It's actually quite a good year. There's things like Mona Lisa, which was a Bob Hoskins and Michael Caine film. There's Salvador, a political thriller about um, about um, South America, Stand By Me, the you know, the that 
classic sort of youth film and, and Connery's name of the road. So it's actually, yeah, yeah. So it's quite, it's quite a strong year. Um, and, I mean, Platoon's, Platoon's a fairly worthy winner. I mean, historically, Platoon's a bit shaky because, the, the, you know, one, one Platoon on a one-year rotation in, in Vietnam sees absolutely all the action that ever happened in Vietnam in one 12-month period, you know. Um, but, you know, that was Oliver Stone's kind of tweaking the facts to kind of show all of Vietnam in one film. Good film, though. Um, and I don't think that's... does it, People don't look, on, look back on that as a controversial year, I wouldn't think. Uh, I know. Take my breath away. One best original song for Top Gun. <laughs> you, you know, there's a few other best original song ones which we'll probably cover in the Injustices and Snubs. Because um, uh, uh, yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I I cover a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah. It's it, it it is a funny one that what, what they do with some of these those other Oscars, the ones that aren't the main ones. Um, 1987. Now this is an interesting because Au Revoir Les Enfants is the best. By far, I think the best film of 1987. Um, but again, foreign films aren't going to win. The yeah. last, em- the last Emperor is the cl- is a is a classic kind of film to win. Uh, uh, you know th- those Oscars, and look, it's um, it's absolutely beautiful film. And I think a lot of people could just kind of re- rewarding them for even being able to make that story. It was the first Western film that ever got to film in in, in communist China back then. Um, so it's, I think it's a defensible choice. So I think, you know, Full Metal Jacket probably deserved more attention. And um, So it doesn't. It's directed by Stanley Kubrick, so it doesn't get nominated. Yes, I know. He's definitely, you will, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to people who've been like really ill-treated by the Oscars uh, later. But, you know, Kubrick, again, is going to show up prominently in, uh, in you know, why, why didn't he win anything? Uh, 80, 88. Again, a for, I think a foreign film is the best film of... Uh, Sorry, Touch on sorry, nineteen eighty-seven. Can we touch on Sean Connery winning Best Supporting Actor for Touch of It? Just I didn't want to don't, don't Irish interrupt your flow. Game that that even do an Irish accent. Uh, yes, I'm an Irish cop and I'm from Springburn. <laughs> That's grim. So nineteen eighty-eight. Um, I think the best film uh, of that year was Cinema Paradiso. Although to be fair to the Oscars, I'm not sure it even got a proper US release in year because you know sometimes with these foreign films it takes a while for them to get across. Um. Uh, Rain Man was the winner, which is, it's a very middle-brow choice. And look, I think it's really good, but I think, you know, Rain Man's the kind of film that that, that speech in Tropic Thunder was all about, about what certain actors choose Trey, because they know it's going to win them Oscars. Um, um, I I don't think Rain Man's a a bad film, and I don't think there's many kind of, there's not many other films that really jump out as maybe deserving more of a shout, although Mississippi Burning was a very good film that year and might have, you know, might have deserved more more, uh, attention. I think the last temptation of Christ is better than Rain Man. Though. Yeah, unfortunately, that really divided that really divided audiences. Again, that's a classic example of a film that is um, some people's absolutely favourite favourite film of that year. But a lot of a lot of other people, I mean, were offended by it. Although I don't think there's anything really to be offended by. But it was films that you know, Scorsese at the best of times is not giving the Oscar voters the nice big warm hug of a film that they like. Um, and it, and when it's as controversial as that one, they're just not giving him the time. Yeah, but uh, it's a, it's a safe year. It's not as controversial. Yeah. So 1989, wowzers, very. Oh fucking hell! The best picture winner for 1989 was Driving <laughs> Miss Daisy. Uh, like please do the right thing came out that year was not even nominated for anything and what what does it say that the oscars decide to give some 
attention to a film about the state of race relations in the United States, and they don't give it to do the right thing. They give it to bloody driving Miss Daisy. Dear God. Um, that's it's just and, and actually 89 is a good year there's glory which again is a you know it's a nice solid historical epic certainly not as controversial as do the right thing I think that that was certainly better than driving Miss Daisy as well about the black uh, regiment in the civil war um, casualties yeah, of good. war a good, a good Vietnam film Branagh's Henry V when Harry met Sally should you know it's a fantastic script I think you know find me a director who, who does comedy as well as Rob Reiner does um yeah, he's natural. He's just... It comes to him like breathing, those yeah, films. Very, very good. And um, Sea of Love is another great film a lot of people forget. And um, Pedro Almodovar uh, hit, hit it big with Time Me Up, Time Me Down. There's also Sex, Lies and Videotapes. So for something as trite as Driving Miss Daisy to win Best Picture is... Uh, all, all done with the best of intentions, right? Um, but dearie me... Yeah, do the right things only nominated for best screenplay. Yeah. Um, so the the nineteen nineties. Um, this is a bad, this is a bad day. Here we go. And Here it, we go. it gets off to a bad start. Now, I think the best. Film oh, I, no, I, I think I think the best film of nineteen ninety is Cyrano de Bergerac. But again, we know foreign films don't win. Oh no! If you're not to a foreign film. There was a little picture that Scorsese brought out, which a lot of people think is quite good, called Goodfellas. Um, there was also Miller's Crossing, which is another good Coen Brothers film. There's Internal Affairs, which a lot of people regard very highly. And there's uh, The Grifters, um, which is another good film. The winner of Best Picture this year is Dances with Wolves. Now, I'll tell you what, I went to see Dances with Wolves at the pictures, and I liked it. I, I'm, I'm impressed with, with Kevin Costner for doing a nice job of directing it. It's a good film. But not only did it not deserve to beat Goodfellas to Best Picture... It also meant that because they gave, I think they gave Kevin, um, let me check this because I, I sometimes can't believe it myself that this is what happened. I've got, it front, I've got it in front of me. Best director was Kevin Costner for Dances Resorts, which meant that it was a 16-year period when Martin Scorsese didn't have a Best Director Oscar, but Kevin Costner did. <laughs> I, it's, it's good, isn't it? Good. I mean, they also nominated Ghost for Best, uh, best Picture, which that's is another one that, ju that jumped out at me. That's they, you know, that the, the heads weren't right <laughs> in the 1990s, and it's another um, snub for. But um, I do think that see what, what I'm finding here is that they're they're getting the best. This is what happens in the decades I've looked at. They get Best Picture and Best Director very wrong, but all the acting ones are pretty solid. As much as I don't like Ghost, Whoopi Goldberg is very good in it. Joe Pesci in Goodfellas is, yeah, hands up. The best actor that year, Jeremy Irons for Reversal of Fortune. Yeah, I mean Jeremy Irons put it um, put it well. He's not going to turn down an Oscar. He's a terrific actor. His best his best performance was two years earlier in a film called Dead Ringers. Exactly the kind of film that the Oscars is not going to look at because he plays twin gynecologists who lose their minds and start carrying out unsanctioned operations. So. Jeremy was unlucky to win for Cyrano de Bergerac. Sorry. Just... That was yeah. That was a bit controversial. He um he gave an interview about growing up um rough in in Marseille. And he, he said, I witnessed a rape. Now, in French, you, you witness something with the verb assister, à, and it looks like assist, and that was translated a little bit maliciously, some people believe, as I assisted in a rape. Right. Uh, okay. And by the time, and, and the people say that he might have been nailed on if that hadn't, uh, if some publicists hadn't kind of thrown that around a bit, because, you know, it's easy to make people, I'm, I'm not touching that. Um, but it's, e it's yeah. easy for people to build conspiracy theories around this stuff, but a lot of people think uh, Depardieu was robbed that year. 
but they absolutely nailed on with uh, Kathy Bates from Misery. Oh, hell yes. She's an amazing yeah, actress. Absolutely nailed on. Uh, just scrolling through any of the other ones. Um, I'm finding that they get original score wrong all the time. Yeah, I mean, that, I'll, that, I'll, that's something I, I pick out later. But yeah, the, pick, picking, picking musical awards, they, they tend to miss out. They, they don't seem to get it right. Uh, 1991. Now, I think the best film in 1991 was The Fisher King, and it was it was it was recognised. I think um, Mercedes Rule got an acting award for its supporting actress. Um, the, uh, yeah. the Fisher King is an absolutely tremendous film. Not even nominated for best picture. Is yeah, but mm, okay. There's the. I'm just looking at it now, and some of the things that they, mm, is that. Oh, okay, yeah, they nominated Beauty and the Beast. Mm, which is all right, you know. I've not got any problem with it as a film, but it's not one of the best pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Silence of the Lambs did win, and I've not really got any problems with that. No, I mean, I think, I think um, Prince of Tides was. Um, I might might need to watch that again because that some people think that was a bit hard done by. Boys in the Hood came out this year as well. Barton Fink. Um, look, Silence of the Lambs is a terrific film. It's certainly not the worst choice they made in the nineteen nineties. Uh, oh, but hang on, sorry, Thelma and Louise came out that year as well. Which um, yeah, that is a great film. Uh, not nominated for Best Picture, but nominated for Best Director. Yeah, yeah. So it seems right. like they're just trying to spread out the Oscars as best they yeah, can. You mentioned that before, didn't you? They, they sit. They some years they they hand them out, and like you say, I think it's probably good. It's probably good for the industry if more films can say they're an Oscar winner. So sometimes they spread the awards around a bit, don't they? Nineteen. Sorry, let me look at the music ones. Beauty and the Beast won Best Original Score when Ennio Morricone did Bugsy and John Williams did JFK. <laughs> Yeah, um, yes. actually, the fish, the music for the Fisher King is very good as well. Actually, yeah, George Fenton was nominated, and Beauty and the Beast won Best Original Song, and, and Brian Adams was nominated for Best Song. Oh, for everything I do, I do it for the nominated Right, so nineteen ninety-two. Sorry, they also nominated When You're Alone from Hook. Yeah, yeah, they should be. You know, Hook should just be oh. punished for existing. Um, Carry on. Nineteen ninety-two. Now, I think nineteen ninety-two, they got it fairly right because Unforgiven won Best Picture and that is a stunning film um, you look at the nominations though Malcolm X was not even nominated for Best Picture oh so it wasn't Howard's End Few Good Men Crying Game Center Woman Few, look Few Good Men's a, a very very enjoyable film it's no it's nowhere near one of the top five best films we've seen and Scent of a Woman can fuck off <laughs> no, no I, do, I, do, I knew this was coming um, <laughs> and you know Al Pacino winning best actor uh, we, we, we've got a bit about you know actors winning for the wrong thing and that's that's an absolute case study in that um, Reservoir Dogs came out that year and didn't really get much uh, get much attention although you know Tarantino being as, as new and different as he was he's probably not going to get recognised as much with his first film yeah and then 1993 is quite a it's interesting because Schindler's List won Best Picture in 1993, and I think Schindler's List is, a, is, a, is, is an amazing film. I don't mind that it won. Um, I think the best film that came out that year was uh, Naked, the Mike Lee film. Um, it doesn't get much like, of a mention. I've not, I've not watched it, so enlighten me. Um, um, it's about um, uh, a kind of uh, David Thewlis plays this really sort of uh, really toxic character who's got the gift of the gab but he's an absolute waster and he sexually assaults a woman in like the opening scene and has to escape Manchester down to London and it just follows some really desperate lives and it's a stunningly stunningly brilliant film just beginning to end probably not the film that the Oscars are going to reward for best picture uh, but I mean I personally think The Piano is a classic example of a massively overrated film getting much more attention than it deserves 
Didn't Anna Paki win like an Oscar age eight or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and we'll we'll come to Oscar snubs later. But Holly Hunter, who who again I like, and nothing against Holly Hunter, but Angela Bassett was robbed that year. Um, yeah. Stacey's Age of Innocence not even nominated. Um, the Fugitive was nominated for Best Picture, which I don't. I think The Fugitive is a good film, but it's not like that's such a groundbreaking action film that it deserves Oscars. I, I, I don't get it. Just don't get it at all. Yeah. And and for Best Supporting Actor, Tommy Lee Jones won Best Supporting Actor, and. Uh, Ray for Schindler's List was uh, was uh, was you know overlooked. Um, now, 1994. <laughs> um, right, let me let me see let me see just so I can. Oh fuck! <laughs> so, Pulp Fiction came out in 1994. Oh no! Now, the thing is, you know, some people might say Pulp Fiction is you know a little bit overrated compared to like uh, Tarantino's best. It was still an absolutely game-changing film when it came out. Shawshank Redemption also came out, which although I don't think Shawshank is close to being as good a film as Pulp Fiction, despite its elevated status in the IMDb top two fifty or whatever. But um, if you're if if something that's not kind of too off the wall or too controversial is going to win, Shawshank would be a classic kind of solid Oscar-y film. Um, but I think Forrest Gump winning Best Picture is probably an example of. America likes to feel good about itself. Oscar voters like to feel good about themselves. They they often prefer the the issues film or the the historical film, whatever it is, that makes them kind of it gives them a nice kind of warm feeling. And and Forrest Gump, which you know, bless his heart, I, I think you know Tom Hanks is an amazing actor, um, but they just kind of they just went nuts for Forrest Gump. And it's not that it's a bad film; it's just it um, it's a hugely sentimental choice. Prob- I think. Just a couple things to dissect there. I agree with the the sentiment that you said Pulp Fiction is a little bit overrated. And I think personally, because you you said to me Pulp Fiction is a film that you absolutely love. It's great. You love it. And I went when I watched it for the first time. I was like, yeah, it was good, but it's not even my favorite Tarantino. It's, it's yeah. but it's better. It's better than Forrest Gump. Yeah. And Shawshank again is another film that's really overrated. I don't even think it's the best yeah. Stephen King adaptation by Frank Darabont. Yeah. Uh, but. I'll tell you a film that was, I think, really cruelly overlooked that year was Ed Wood. Um, And I look, I have have, have a low tolerance for Tim Burton film starring Ed Wood, um, uh, starring um, Johnny Depp. But Ed Ed Wood is a fucking amazing film. And if if you if you've seen too many Johnny Depp performances with funny voices and silly facial hair and want to remember what he was like when he was a real actor, Ed Wood is is a fucking amazing film uh, and didn't really get much. Martin Lando won Best Supporting Actor for Edward, but it's the film itself is conspicuous by its absence from Best Picture, Best Director, um, Best Screenplay. Um, definitely worth a worth a, you know reconsidering Edward, in my opinion. I just want to highlight that Hans Zimmer won his only Oscar of his career this year for The Lion King. <laughs> yeah, <And> this, <laughs> that, that's is clearly a- not his best score, right? Just keep this in mind. <laughs> So, 1995. Now, 1995 is uh, is not a bad year, actually. I mean, the 90s is actually a really good decade. Oh, this fucking story. I've just seen what won. So, <laughs> Toy Story came out in 1995. Um, also, Casino, um, which... Yeah, there are a lot of people making the argument that Casino's actually the better film than Goodfellas. 
Um, I, I, you know, I probably need to watch them both again, kind of make up my mind on that one. Usual Suspects came out, and Brian Singer, I think, hasn't has, hasn't proved to be a, as great a director as that film might suggest. I think it's probably down to Christopher McQuarrie's script, but Usual Suspects was an amazing film. Strange Days is a film that didn't get the attention it deserved at the time. Um, Seven, Heat, Apollo 13, um, Braveheart. Bloody hell. I hate Braveheart. And I'm... As as someone who is Scottish and lives in Scotland, it's terrible. It's historically historically inaccurate. It's just it's it's just one of those films that if you put it on and anyone in Scotland's had more than one tenants, they'll they'll be so proud. But it, it is it's it's shy. It's it takes so many historical liberties just to make a film that makes you patriotic. He 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 has his way with that French prince, and in if that was to be historically accurate. She would have been three. Yeah, I know. There's an excellent Stuart Lee stand-up routine about that. Um, In Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a set of balls on him. But yeah, yeah I personally think Seven's the best one of that year. Uh, but again, it's a bit edgy to be nominated. There, there's a whole the, all right, Babe got fucking nominated. There's, yeah, there's a number of films that would have been defensible choices. Braveheart isn't one of them. Uh, Pocahontas won Best Score and Best Song, which I'm happy with. That's, uh, they've nailed that on. Um, soft spot for that film, but yeah, is yeah. I'm I quite like Twelve Monkeys from that year as well. Was that ninety five or ninety six? It was. 95. Sorry, it was ninety five. Yeah, you know what? Twelve Monkeys is a very good film. It's a very very good film. Notwithstanding Brad Pitt's performance in that film, irritates me. But I think that is a tremendous film. The nineties were strange for Brad Pitt, weren't they? He's he, he's he, he's he's definitely improved as an actor. Um, For every Fight Club and Seven, you've got Twelve Monkeys and Devil's Own. Yep, Devil's Own. Yeah, Devil's Own. Nice. So, um, 1996. Good year. Now, I think Train Spotting is the best film that came out in 1996, but I totally get why it, it wouldn't win Oscars. I mean, it's about Scottish heroin addicts. It's a really, really tough watch for the average Oscar voter. Um, Mate. It's a bit of a come down Braveheart, isn't it? <laughs> Train Spotting, I think, deserved uh, to be best picture, perhaps in a parallel universe where that kind of film doesn't kind of scare the horses. Um, if it's not that, then I think Fargo or Secrets and Lies were the best films that year. Yeah, in- I mean, Train Spotting is the best film of that year, but it's. Yeah. Fortunately, it's historically accurate. Yeah. And it's, and it's big. Um, but yeah, it gives a more bleak depiction of Scotland compared to William Wallace um, sexually assaulting three-year-old French princesses. Yeah. The, the, think, the winner of the winner of Best Picture in 1996 was The English Patient, which is exactly the sort of film that the Oscars love to reward, like something like Out, Out of Africa. I personally don't think it stands up that well these days. Yeah, um, I do feel I do feel though for Ray Fiennes because he is good in The English Patient, but Jeffrey Rush in Shine, he was you know yeah forced that year. Um, but I mean, the, the, the reason something like The English Patient wins is it's about a doomed romance between attractive people in a period setting. And Fargo oh, yeah. is about someone being fed into a wood chipper in rural Minnesota. And that's one one of those films is going to get rewarded by the Oscars and one of them isn't. Do you know what I mean? They had two Oscars this year for the musical uh, awards. Well, for they had original dramatic score and original, original musical or comedy score. I oh, that's interesting. They didn't do that very often, I don't think. And Zimmer didn't win again for The Preacher's Wife. Not seen it, but I don't care because... <laughs> It's Hans Zimmer. Yes. Uh, original song, You Must Love Me from Evita by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Yeah, that's an injustice in itself. Yes. Just because it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. 
Um, and he made cats. Yes. So, <laughs> so we co- we come to the, the late nineties when things really went tits up. Oh no. Nineteen ninety-seven. Be gentle. Another good Be year. Gen- Jackie Brown came out, which is my pick for best film of the year. Uh, yes. L.A. Confidential came out. An amazing. Good Will, film. Good Will Hunting is a very good film. Yeah. I just want to put that out yeah. there. Boogie Nights, Donnie Brasco, Gross Point Blank, a very interesting sci-fi film called Gattaca, which I think is underrated. As um, good as it gets. Yeah. The best film of that year was not Titanic. <laughs> but Titanic won. Because it made about $5 billion. And, and that, I'll tell you what that is. That is, um, that, that is relief, okay? Um, I know it's a nice middle-brow choice, period drama, very exciting, everything, but it is basically an action blockbuster. But that it was given awards because Hollywood was so relieved that the film didn't flop at the box office because it cost so much money, it would have bankrupted two studios if it hadn't made its money back. So the reason they won, the reason that Oscar was, that they won like 11 Oscars or something, is because the Oscar voters were going through a feeling which you'll recognise as a Sunderland fan. If you remember when we were in the Premier League and every season we would be in the shit all season and somehow stay up. And that feeling of relief and euphoria just after you've stayed up almost makes you forget what a shit year you've had. That's what <laughs> everyone holding an Oscar ballot was thinking when they were looking at Titanic. It's almost a form of Stockholm Syndrome that that won Titanic that year. Uh, Titanic won Best Picture that year. Uh, yeah, as good as it gets is much better, in my opinion. Yes. Um, although Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt did. Win yeah, the, I mean, uh, they, it, it picked up. It picked up some uh, acting awards there. So Robin for Goodwill Hunting. Sorry, I just want to just just to put just to put it out there. Uh, Hans Zimmer nominated for as good as it gets. Lost Best Original Musical or Comedy Score for The Full Monty. <laughs> just, just. Just putting out there. Very odd. It's very odd. Yep. The full Monty has the same amount of Oscars as Hans Zimmer. The uh, the um the, the the Americans' kind of love of the UK uh, manifests itself in, in in unusual ways sometimes. Let's just let's just say that they've got more of a love for the UK than us, and we live in the UK. Yeah. So 1998. Be gentle. Now, I think The Big Lebowski was the best film that came out in 1998, but I know it's a very cult film and not everyone likes it. I think it's a bit much like, okay, yeah, another great clever in-joke. Fine. The other films that came out that year were A Simple Plan, My Name is Joe. I think Dark City is a great film from that year, which doesn't get you know recommendation. American History X, um, Out of Sight. Um, the Truman Show, which was a great film. Elizabeth, which is a great film. And Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan should have won this year. I know Big Lebowski is one of my favourite films, but Saving Private Ryan is the best film this year by a, by a country. Man. A lot of a lot of films could have won that year, and I wouldn't be that you know disgruntled. Uh, oh, but Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> now, oh, you know, look back it. a year to Titanic, and you can kind of see why they won it. Look back to The English Patient, you can kind of see why they won it, even if you disagree. I cannot understand how Shakespeare in Love was 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 best picture. It just it's a light romantic comedy. The Thin Red Line came out that year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another very good film. I don't know how it did it. It, it kind of pains me to say this because I, I don't know if you're aware, but one of the producers of Shakespeare in Love was born in Sunderland, and he is the only person from Sunderland who's ever won an Oscar in the history of cinema as an art form. Harvey Weinstein was born in Sunderland. No, no, no. One of the other producers. <laughs> um, so. Hello, Harvey. You fat bastard. <laughs> so it. I, I have to kind of say we should wipe my home city off the school board. Shakespeare in Love should not have won. 
I don't get it. I mean, the uh, uh, other worst Oscar winners, we've talked about Rocky, we talked about Driving Miss Daisy, that there's also Around the World in 80 Days, 1957, which won uh, Best Picture, and no one can understand why, but this Shakespeare Love is just an absolute head scratcher that this one. It gets even worse because Gwyneth Paltrow won Best Actress for for being able to do, for being able to do an English accent, basically. When when Kate Blanchett also did an English accent for Elizabeth and should have won. There is no question that Kate Blanchett should have won Best Actress that year. Um, it, I, I also take exception to Roberto Benigni winning for Best Actor. <sighs> yeah, that's another very sentimental choice. They 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 love yeah. a, they love a good cry. The Oscar voters, let's say that. Should be Edward Norton for American History X, or even Tom Hanks for Saving Private Ryan. Not a problem with either of those choices, if that's what it came to do. Judy Dench's only Oscar is for Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. And then another um, sort of poor finish to the decade, and then I'll be handing over to you. Um, I think the best film that came out in 1999 was Fight Club. I know it divided audiences, but also being John Malkovich came out, The Insider, The Matrix, Magnolia, Toy Story 2. I'm a big fan of Summer of Sam, although not everyone loves it. And I think American Beauty is another file it with terms of endearment and ordinary people and stuff like that it's about affluent people living in a nice house in california of course it wins the oscar it's very well made it looks great nice cinematography it's not the best film in 1999 i'm not sure anyone would would watch be that bothered if they watched american beauty again now uh, no i think the green mile was better yep. the green mile is my favorite stephen king adaptation and my favorite frank darabont film uh, the matrix came out that year obviously not going to win but it's better than american beauty um, but the biggest snub or injustice of this year, if I could just draw your attention to Best Original Song, which was won by You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan, which is won by Phil Collins. No else was nominated that year, Dad. Tell me. Well, I know you're a big fan of that scene when she loved me in Toy Story 2. Oh, my God. Sad. Oh, my God. You're right. Why? That's got to be the best no, no, no. song of the year. No, the best song of the year is Blame Canada from South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut by Trey Parker and Max Ryman. Of, the, of those nominated, I agree. But actually, the best song that came out that year was Uncle Fucker from the same film. <laughs> Which I would, have, I would have given my right arm to see that um, performed at the Oscars in, in, the, in the show. <laughs> and it's an even bigger snub because Team America doesn't get any nominations for its songs in, in the decades I'm about to cover. Yeah. So, look, I've, I've done the 90s, sort of dragged over at 80s and 90s. I'll hand over to you, and we'll see what, let's say, your era, your decades um, have done. Sort of, right. Okay, so, um, just to touch on briefly, uh, The Sixth Sense was um, unfairly represented at those Oscars that we just discussed. There was an Oscar nomination for M. Night Shyamalan for The Sixth Sense, but not David Fincher for Fight Club. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. 2001, Um I so you're, you're rewarding the 2001, you're rewarding the films made in 2000, oh yeah, yeah? Sorry, I'll, I'll give it the year, so 2000. The year 2000, the films that come out this year are uh, Gladiator and uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, now, the, the film that won Best Picture was Gladiator because it's, other than Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, it's comfortably the best film of that year. Historically not accurate at all, but it's great. Uh, best Director, though, to a snub for Ang Lee and Ridley Scott because Steven Soderbergh won for Traffic. Yeah, you see, Steven Soderbergh is a fantastic director. I I think you, you look back at his career and there are other things he, he might have justifiably won for. Traffic, I, look, I thought Traffic was great at the time, but you watch it again and you go, yeah, it's okay. I uh, just want to draw your attention to Best Original Score, where Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon did win, which is very good, but Hans Zimmer didn't win for Gladiator. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, this is quite a solid year. The year they got it most mostly right, and I don't feel too bad for Ang Lee because he's won two Best Director Oscars since. Yeah, since then, the the, um, the films that I think deserved a bit more attention, and I think for various reasons they weren't going to get recognised. Uh, Memento came out that year, but probably a bit too ahead of its time. Yeah. Requiem, yeah, for, a, Requiem for a Dream is just too dark for Oscar voters, as is American Psycho, which is a great film. And, and probably, yeah. you know, uh, there are a lot of female directors over the years. You think, uh, you know, uh, Catherine Harron, I think, directed that. And I think she did a, a stunning job of a difficult film, to, uh, difficult book to film, to be honest. Uh, yeah, but other than that, a, a pretty, pretty solid year. Yeah. No, no nominations for American Psycho is a bit wild. Mm. Um, okay, so 2001, so the Oscars for 2001. Uh, a Beautiful Mind absolutely cleaned up this year, but the only th- this isn't really an injustice. Well, it turns out to be an injustice for Will Smith and Muhammad Ali, but Denzel Washington wins for training day because they're probably going to this point like, oh shit, we need to give Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was an apology Oscar. They went, oh shit, look at all the things he's done that we didn't give him the Oscar for. And personally, Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind was better than that. But Will Smith and Muhammad Ali, that is definitely Will Smith's best performance and he should have won for it by a, by a mile. Yeah, I mean, um, but Beautiful Mind's not my favourite film of that year. I think Spirited Away was the best film that year, although it's another one that didn't actually get released in the West in the year it came out. So I, I can't really call that an injustice. I think things like it, Black Hawk Down, Ito Mama Tambien, and you know, Mulholland Driving, Gosford Park, I think looking back, Beautiful Mind is solid and very well done but there are other films that I think did uh, did more interesting things if you see what I mean cinematically but I but wait there's more <laughs> Shrek won best animated feature film instead of Monsters Inc ouch yep and I just uh, Shrek, I, Shrek, I mean Shrek's a good film but come on uh, Halle Berry won best actress for Monsters Inc <sighs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll come to that <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's not the best performance of the year, um, although it is a relatively weak year because Nicole Kidman's getting nominated for Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Moulin Rouge. I can't stand oh. Moulin Rouge. It gives me a migraine after it, 20 minutes. It, it basically means that Judy Dench is on the Oscars for an eight-minute performance in Shakespeare in Love instead of winning for um, Iris. Yeah, I mean, she's she's actually done some really, really good work that, that didn't win, and then she just gets, oh, did you play the Queen? There you go, have an award. Pretty much. Um, I feel a little bit sorry for Ian McKellen for playing Gandalf in Lord of the Rings because... That was my favourite performance of the year, but Jim Broadbent won for Iris. Um, so at this point, I guess if you're sat there in 2002 watching these Oscars, you're probably thinking, look, Ian McKellen's not one for this one, but maybe they'll give him a, an Oscar for, you know, like they did with The Return of the King, they gave yeah, him the yeah. best picture. Sure. But they don't, and we'll get onto that. But yeah, Shrek winning best animated feature film. Um, and other than that... No. Other than that, it's a bit of costume design for Moulin Rouge. Black Hawk Down's a little bit over overlooked for this year. Yeah, I think I think Black Hawk Down is a tremendous film. Well, Ridley Scott not nominated for best director, and Ridley Scott's not never won a best director Oscar, which is wild. He, he, um, he has terrible timing though, because I think sometimes Oscars are about a little bit of building up a bit of momentum. Do you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't, I don't think this is right. Yeah, but I think after a while, certain directors hit hit some some form and make some films and go oh wow they really are good that you know it's about time they won an oscar and really scott has a tremendous knack of building up that momentum and then his next film is shit do you know what yeah, i mean when, when when the goal when bearing down on the goal and an oscar could be in his grasp the next film he does is often quite shit and that's not right because sometimes the best thing should just win but i think sometimes that's been his problem yeah but he should have won for gladio so he should have won for blade runner 
is a bit is a bit of a snap. Yeah. Um, and Ron Howard won for a beautiful mind instead of Ridley Scott for Black Hawk Down. Yep. But yep. David Lynch has been nominated a few times and never won, but I think it's just because he's a bit too out there. Yeah. For he's too out there. He's too out there for Oscar Oscar voters. Oh, Hunt. Right, two thousand and two. I'm going to put it out right. there. City of God is the best film that got made in 2000. Yes, I, I was going to say that City of God is one of the best ones. But although the pianist was there, but they've done what you're finding is best picture wins, and it's like shit. But there's another really good film this year, so we'll give that to best director. So the yeah. pianist was the best picture of that that year. I don't know what compelled them, but Chicago was best picture of 2002. The Oscars love a musical, but it fucking wasn't. Um, Gangs of New York came out that year. Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers came out that year. The Pianist, The Hours. Yeah, I, I think I think Adaptation is a great film that came out that year. Infernal Affairs, although Hong Kong crime thrillers are not going to win Oscars, and About Schmidt was about Schmidt. that's it. Probably Jack Nicholson's last truly great performance, and he was really really great in it. Yeah, um, Chicago won Best Picture. Wrong. Won Best Supporting Actress. Wrong. Yeah. Um, but Spirited Away did win Best Animated Feature Film, which is good because Ice Age and Lilo and Stitch were nominated that year, and if they wanted to be safe, they could have nominated yeah, them, but yeah. uh, it's comfortably Spirited Away, yeah. and Studio Ghibli getting its... Uh, getting its due. Getting its recognition. Um, I just want to go to Best Original Score. Original song was Lose Yourself by Eminem, which is interesting. Um, On the one hand, I think it's probably quite a good thing that they finally, they're not very good at, at, at recognising new forms of music, the Oscars. It really needs an orchestra for them to like it. Um, so it's kind of good in a way that, that, that it got some recognition in that way. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, they've, they've, they've knackered it there by giving it to Chicago. Chicago is just, if anyone thinks, like if you're talking about the best picture that year, it has up there with the best films of all time. And Chicago, no one picks Chicago. Yeah, you know it's, someone that picks. It's, it's like if, if if Best Picture was a was a race, being a musical gives you like a ten yard head start over over everyone else at the starting blocks. Well, theoretically, if you, there's been ninety three, ninety two Oscars ceremonies, mm-hmm. so that means there's at least ninety two films that should be in the top one hundred films of all time, and Chicago just isn't. It? No, yeah, you're quite right. Um. So for two thousand and three, this is the year where Lord of the Rings: Return of the King just absolutely swept up, yeah. and that's also. A symbolic Oscar for the three years of the incredible. Yeah, kind work. of. Yeah, it was like a body of work Oscar, wasn't it? Um, I don't. I don't think it was a hugely strong year when I looked at it. I thought Old Boy was the best film, but again, not re- not released in the US in time. Um, the other good films that came out with a Station Agent in America, Twenty One Grams, Mystic River, the Eastwood thing. It's probably Lord of the Rings is just built up so much momentum by then. Uh, but best supporting actor that year, Tim Robbins, Eric Bardwin. Benicio del Toro, Jimon Honsu, and Ken Watanabe. I would, I, I would say, give it to Ian McKellen for Gandalf. If we're going to be, if we're going to be like that, it's got, he's got the best line of all of the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where he, death is another path, one that we all must take. It, oh I, yeah, I, I mean, he's he was tremendous as Gandalf. That's the, that's the best performance of that, the best sporting performance of that year. It's it's all, it's almost like they say, oh, you, you can't get nominated for playing the same character again, or they they, they don't like to like reward people playing the same character again even though it's still really good you know Lord of the Ring wins best original score probably fair enough best original song which was Annie Lennox uh, Fran Walsh and Howard Shore yes Um, sometimes they just decide it's time to give everything to one film don't they yeah Um, but I don't really have any complaints for this year Um, yeah but the room didn't receive any nominations Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> it got shown at Cannes, though. Fair play to them. It did get shown at Cannes. Have you seen The Disaster Artist? I watched no, I haven't seen it yet. It's on. You gotta give it a watch. It, it makes you cringe. Like about eight minutes in, you're about like you're 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 wanting your soul to slide out of your. <laughs> it is it, James Franco is an absolute force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, two thousand and four. Now, it's it's a pretty solid year. This one, um, Million Dollar Baby wins Best Picture. I think it should have been Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Yeah, maybe it's a bit of an out there film. I guess Hotel Rwanda was. Uh, wasn't nominated for Best Picture or Best Director, and I think it's a bit of, a, bit of an odd choice. Because Hotel Rwanda is a, I don't want to say great because it's a horrifying film, but it is, you know, it's a great performance from Don Cheadle, and they kind of give him a symbolic nomination for Best Actor. Mm. I do feel a little bit for Leonardo DiCaprio because he lost to Jamie Foxx's Ray Charles, which is, it's one of those things where if Jamie Foxx is going to play Ray Charles, and he does it very well, he was almost nailed on to win the Oscar. Uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio as Howard Hughes in The Aviator is also a very good performance. So here's um, here's what I think the um, how these things work is uh, if if you're playing if you're playing a, a a real life character that always helps you out in, in the Oscar voting. If you're playing a real life character who also sings, that's like just it's almost like there's a point system. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hilary Swank wins Best Actress. Clint Eastwood wins Best Director. Against if Scorsese had won for The Aviator, you'd probably have a problem with it because it's not his best it's film. It's not his best film. Um, Morgan Freeman, Best Supporting Actor, is a bit. Uh, Jamie Foxx nominated again for Collateral. A bit of a weak year. Um, yeah. A bit unfortunate for Leonardo DiCaprio, who then wins for The Revenant like ten years later, which is not his best, not his best performance for sure. Um, just want to check original score. Um, Hans Zimmer didn't make a film that year. Oh, he, probably, <laughs> he probably did. Probably should have. Wasn't should, probably should have been given an award anyway. Lemony Snicket to see his unfortunate events was nominated for best original score though, so that can fuck off. Yeah, because that's a terrible film. But other than that, I've got no complaints for 2005. Yeah. We're starting to get closer to my era and when shit starts to hit the fan. Yeah. So for the year 2005, yeah, here we go. Um, Crash won Best Picture. As one of the worst Best Picture decisions of all time. Fuck knows how that happened, because even Jack Nicholson, if you, you go to YouTube, I don't know if you see that, when Jack Nicholson announces the award, he goes, Crash, and he's kind of like, what? Yeah, he can't believe it. Again, a lot yeah. a lot of the characters in that film are people that the Oscar voters would recognise. Yeah. Um, there, there's the many, many other films would be defensible. I think Brokeback Mountain was very unlucky. I think Munich was very good. I think, Siri, I think Syriana was the best film that year. Um, but there's, there's, never crashed in a million years. Cinderella Man came out that year and wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but fucking Crash was. Mm. Ang Lee, Best Director for Brokeback Mountain, which kind of makes up for his snub for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And um, Brokeback Mountain should have won that year. Um, this is where we get. This is where we, I'm starting to talk about not as much snubs, but almost like unfair. So Heath Ledger did Brokeback Mountain as Ellis Ennis Del Mar, sorry, and Joaquin Phoenix played Johnny Cash in More Line. Now I think that's my favorite performance of the year, but it's just unfortunate that Philip Seymour Hoffman decided to play Truman Capote. Mm. So it's just one of those things where it's kind of like ah, but it doesn't really matter because Heath Ledger went on to win. An it's, Oscar it's like you, it's like you know you have discussions about who should be in the national team of your of your favorite team sport, and people will yeah. say such and such, and they, the, the question always is, well, if 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 you pick them, who who do you not pick? So the question is: Do you want? Does Philip Seymour Hoffman deserve never to have won an Oscar? Do you, do you know what I mean? Um, when, yeah, well, it's like being an Argentina fan, and you, you've got Lionel Messi up front, and it's like, well, Aguero is good, and it's like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Also... 
It's weird though that the two people that were snubbed this year, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix, both went on to win Oscars for the same character. That is very interesting. That's very interesting. Reese Witherspoon wins for June Carter Cash. Don't really have complaints about that. It was a very good performance. Playing a real life character and singing. Yeah, it's and if it's done well, it's done well. Yeah, yeah. Um, best animated feature film was Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, they look. They love. They love Wallace and Gromit. They love anything English. I'm not surprised it won. Just checking original score. Oh, Hans Zimmer wasn't nominated, but I'm pretty sure he did Batman Begins that year, which is a very good score. Yeah, Batman Begins. And Batman Begins is another one that, if, you know, deserves, I think, more recognition. Yeah, most people hate it, and, and those people are freaked. But um, do I have anything else to add about that? Um, yeah, it's, it's more unlucky than an injustice or a snub. Mm-hmm. Um, but we continue where are we at now. So we're for, for the year two thousand. Best Picture, okay, here we go. So you're going to have some comments about this. So Best Picture, um, nominated we have The Queen, Little Miss Sunshine, Letters from Iwo Jima, uh, Babel, and Best Picture went to The Departed. And similarly, Best Director was won by Martin Scorsese for The Departed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as far as Scorsese is concerned, it's long overdue, but not even close to being his best film. No, it's, it's literally about 30 years overdue. Um, it, look, I think The Part is a really good film, but it's a remake of a film that I prefer. Um, and, and in that year, I mean, I think Pan's Labyrinth was the best film that came out that year, again, foreign films. Um, but Children of Men came out that year. Apocalypto came out that year. Blood Diamond, I think, was also very good. So, it's that's another symbolic Oscar, but to be honest, the people that are nominated, Alejandro Gonzalez in Uritu wins deservedly in a few years. Clint Eastwood's already won for Unforgiven. Stephen Frears, I don't think he's actually made anything other than The Queen, which is very good. Paul Greengla- uh, Greengrass did make United 93 this year, which is a good film, but I don't think it's the best. He's, he's not won an Oscar yet, has he? No, he hasn't. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he's actually, other than Captain Phillips in United 93, I don't think he's been nominated for anything. No, no. I think it's the, I think his time should come at some point because people will realise how influential he's been as a director and he'll probably yeah. win some sort of symbolic Oscar. Yeah, when he does a like does a serious film. Yeah, best actor. All the acting ones actually. Apart from best supporting actor, I kind of like this year. Forrest Whitaker did Last King of Scotland. He, I thought he was amazing. Comfortably the best performance of that year. Um, well, from what I can see, that's nominated. Leonardo DiCaprio was in Blood Diamond. It's not as good as Idi Amin. Um, Ryan Gosling in Half Nelson. Um, maybe it's it's Ryan Nelson. Not Ryan Nelson. Sorry. Um. Ryan Gosling's just coming to the uh, the forefront here, but Peter O'Toole was nominated, which I'm pretty sure for like his 57th Oscar. Yeah, and he never won unless it was. Uh, I think he might. He, he, he was. One. He, I think. I think he won a, a lifetime achievement award, and he was really pissed off because he still fancied his chances of winning a real, real Oscar. Uh, he never. Yeah. He never won, and he, he was very unfortunate not to win for uh, Lawrence of Arabia, which was the performance yeah, yeah. of his life. But Gregory Peck did uh, To Kill a Mockingbird that that year. And there was, I think, yeah. it's a great performance and a lot of sentimentality for Gregory Peck. And they must have at the time thought, like they did with Ryan Gosling this year, that Peter O'Toole's time would come. Do you know what I mean? He was just breaking through. And they went, oh, well done, lad. We'll, we'll look at you next time kind of thing. And then it never yeah. quite happened for him. Um, best actress, Helen Mirren for The Queen. I don't think you have any complaints about that, do you? No, but if you you play The Queen of England, you, you are going to get awards thrown at you. You wear a crash helmet to the theatre, you know? 
<laughs> Jennifer Hudson won for Dreamgirls. So I don't really have any complaints about that. But what was interesting is that Eddie Murphy was nominated for Dreamgirls. And I seem to remember having a conversation with you where you said he was pretty much nailed on to win that year. Yep. And then there was a, a private life scandal, which apparently affected it. They also say it could have been Norbit. <laughs> oh, they call it they call it the Norbit effect. Um, they were worried that it was going to happen to um, Eddie Redmayne for when he won for playing Stephen Hawking. That Jupiter Ascending uh, came out and was really badly reviewed just before the voting. But actually, I think people quite liked how bonkers his performance was in Jupiter Ascending. But Norbit came out and was just an unforgivable piece of shit. And I think it was almost that they they couldn't forgive him for Norbit while they were looking at their ballot papers. Yeah, but other than that, it's um, it's a pretty a pretty solid year. Yeah, um, I don't have many complaints with it. Yeah, um, so that was two thousand six. So this is two thousand and seven. Uh, best picture this year was No Country for Old Men. Um, I don't really. It's it is a really good film. I think it's one of the best films of the year. I, th- I think it's a defensible choice. I think Zodiac was the best film of the year, personally. Zodiac didn't get nominated. Yeah, I know. Um, which is bizarre. David Fincher's not not appreciated at all by the Oscars. Yeah. But No Country for Men sweeps out Best Picture, Best Director. Daniel Day Lewis wins for There Will Be Blood, which is probably fair. It was a very good performance. I think it's my favourite Daniel Day Lewis performance, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, he was he was uh, amazing in that. This is England came out this year, and I think it's quite interesting that people will will shower awards on films set in England in country houses, but don't pay any attention to films set on council estates in, in England. Sure. This is England is very good. It's a very edgy film. Though. Yeah, too edgy for the Oscars, for sure. Especially yeah. especially English and edgy. They just don't like that. Yeah. Marion Cotillard wins for playing Edith Piaf in La Vie en Rose, yeah. which is fair enough, although Kate Blanchett could probably feel hard done by for Elizabeth, the Golden Age. Yeah. Um, Javier Bardem wins Best Supporting Actor. Um, not really any complaints until this win and wins for Best Supporting Actress. For Michael Clayton, which is again Kate Blanchett could feel hard done by because she was nominated for um, I'm Not There. Yep. But other than that, the, it's a pretty solid year. Ratatouille wins Best Animated Feature. Yeah, I don't think anyone came away from this award ceremony th- wondering what people were thinking, put it that way. Yeah. Um, okay, this is, this is it. 2008. <laughs> Brace yourselves. Right. Now, I love Danny Boyle. Don't get me wrong. I love Danny Boyle. He's a great director. Slumdog Millionaire is a good film. It's a film that I will... If it's on the telly, I will watch it. Yeah. But the best picture of 2008... Was Dark Knight. It was the Dark Knight. It just was. Mm. It was the Dark Knight. Slumdog Millionaire just... It's just not the Dark Knight. It's The Dark Knight wasn't even nominated for best picture or director. Only one for... I know it won for the best supporting actor. Did it win like sound editing and all that shit? Yeah, it won sound editing and didn't didn't win cinematography because guess what? Slumdog Millionaire won best visual effects. Didn't win because the Curious Case of Benjamin Button came out that year, and apparently making Brad Pitt look like a ET's testicle was more visually stunning than The Dark Knight. But yeah, anyway. they they tend they tend to get. I mean, m- most of the people voting for these awards, um, you do get some people who say, "Look, I don't know anything about art direction, so I'm not going to vote for it. I don't know anything about cinematography, I'm not going to vote for it." But a lot of people, as I understand it, have got a vote and don't even know what cinematography is, and they'll often just give it to the film they like best. Well, yeah, best original score went to Slumdog Millionaire. 
Uh, Hans Zimmer wasn't nominated, um, but Milk was. Um, uh, the score for Dark Knight is stunning. Look, I mean, Dark Knight has the problem of being a superhero film at a time when superhero films were not getting nominated for things. Well, that, that's okay, fair enough. But Milk was nominated, Wally was nominated, Defiance was nominated, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button was nominated, and that was composed by Alexander Deplan. He did the score for A Monkey's Tale, yep. so you can fuck up. <laughs> um, Again, they, they, it did not get the, the, that kind of recognition, even though it thoroughly deserved it. Other unfortunate, like unfortunate to miss out, was Amy Adams for Best Sporting Actress. She's been nominated about fifteen times. I think it's actually genuinely about five. Yeah, she is. And, they are. I mean, there is going to come a point where someone says, "Amy, make a film. We promise you, it'll be this year." Yeah, um, Frost versus Nixon got nominated for Best Picture. Um, Personally, as much as I enjoy it, it's not the Dark Knight. It's just it's no. just appalling. Yeah, Dark Knight. Well, the Dark Knight, I'm pretty sure, is like in the top five films of all time on both IMDb and maybe Rotten Tomatoes or Tomatoes. Yeah, and it's not even nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. But what I will say that there is some redemption for the Academy here for sitting off the the Hurt Locker and rightfully so. Um, I think right, the Hurt Locker is the best film of this year by far. Two thousand nine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand and nine. I know it came out two thousand. One. One. One last word for two thousand and eight. I'd like to give the Academy a little nod for um, nominating um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder. At this point, I don't really care. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love that. But anyway, yeah. That is great. That is great. But the uh, Hurt Locker was nominated for Best Picture, beating Avatar. Yeah. Uh, Black Side, District Nine, and Education, Inglorious Bastards. I personally. I think that's one of my favourite Tarantino films, but I'm pro- I'll probably be called a, a philistine for, um, you know, not enjoying his stuff like Pulp Fiction and things like that. But it's just it's just one of my best, one of my favourite films of his. Best director Catherine Bigelow. Um, I'm just I just really enjoy the. It was two fingers up to the to Avatar, who everyone thought was. Well, there's win. no there's no sense in Avatar winning Best Picture. I, I, t- I tell you what's interesting, right? I tell you what where the Hurt Locker deserves a lot of recognition. Do you know what the Hurt Locker's budget was? Like 50p? It was about $11 million. Yeah. Sorry, $15 million. So it had something like one twentieth of Avatar's budget. And it actually, the, uh, the Hurt Locker won quite a few good technical awards because the sound, I know I've talked about the Academy not really knowing what they're talking about, but things like the sound and the, and the visuals of the Hurt Locker were amazing with not very much money. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, I, I agree that Heart Locker was the the best picture that year. They've absolutely, they, they've completely, you know, shit James Cameron here because everyone was going crazy for Avatar. Avatar is not that great. It, it dances with smoke. Yeah, but I feel like the fact that they've they've heaped praise on James Cameron's ex wife Catherine Bigelow. They've absolutely cuckolded him. But the thing is, it's peak shit from the Academy here, and then they up the shit by shit housing their own shit by awarding Avatar Best Cinematography, despite it being... How does, entirely, how does that happen? It's animated. It's all animated. There's no live you know, camera. Oh, there must be, look, I don't think Avatar deserved to win cinematography, but what, what I, the, the only thing I would say is they got Roger Deakins to do the cinematography for one of the How to Drain, Train Your Dragons films. So that yeah. there obviously is some cinematography involved, but you must think that the cinematography involved in in a film where you've got to get the light and you've got to, uh, 
capture color and everything and it's up to what you do with a camera more than what you do with a computer is surely a, a better achievement uh, yeah, maybe it's probably is it one of those things where you have to wait for the film to be generated to analyze the cinematography, yeah. or you just kind of yeah. guess what yeah, yeah. Look yeah, like. yeah. maybe there is a bit of skill to it. But again, um, if you look at what it was nominated against, you've got The Hurt Locker and Glorious Bastards, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Best original score was won by Michael Giacchino. Yeah, Hans Zimmer was nominated for Sherlock Holmes, but of course he didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, they've they've somewhat redeemed themselves this year and given nominations to films like District Nine, which was nice to see because that was that was a great film. Mm. Um, but yeah, n- no real complaints. But yeah. here, here we go, two thousand and ten. Okay, so your dad and my granddad really loves this film. The King's Speech is a good film, and it, it won Best Picture, and I can kind of understand why. Because it's a film, a, a true story about the King of England, who the, the actual King not being able to, you know, overcome what being able to overcome his speech impediment and being able to deliver speech as King. Uh, yes, it is a good film, but it's not Inception by Christopher Nolan, where Inception is comfortably the best film of two thousand and ten. Was it even nominated? It wasn't nominated for. It was nominated for. Best yeah, I mean, it they've expanded. They've expanded it by this time. Now you're getting like nine or ten nominees for best picture. Where in the old days you only got five. You wonder if they uh, were got recommended. I, I think, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with Inception winning. I, I, I love the Inception. The Social Network was also released this year, and Toy Story Three, True Grit, Winter's Bone. Um, these are all better than The King's Speech. Yeah. Um, but the social network was was better, and David Fincher does get nominated. But Joel and Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen get nominated for True Grit. True Grit doesn't deserve to be anywhere fucking near these these Oscars over Inception. David or Russell got nominated for The Fighter, and he also made American Hustle. He's so, yeah, I don't, I I don't quite see it with David or Russell myself. I don't get it. Um, although I did like the fighter, and Christian Bale and Melissa Leo did deserve to win, mm. probably for yeah. Although Adams nominated for the fighter loses to Melissa Leo mm. in the fighter. Um, Natalie Portman wins for Black Swan. Oh yeah, Black Swan was nominated for Best Picture, and Darren Aronofsky was nominated for Best Director for Black Fucking Swan. Black Swan exists purely to give oh, no. um, Natalie Portman uh, the opportunity to win Best Actress, and I think she was brilliant. But that film is just a vehicle for that performance. It, it, the rest of it, it, it is not worth that much discussion. It's like Mickey Rourke in, in The Wrestler, same director. He's very good at pointing a camera at one character and that one character carrying the show. Yeah, to be fair, Mickey Rourke is hard done by not to win that year. Very un- Have we covered the... Was Mickey Rourke even nominated that year? What, what, when did the I, think come the, I think The Wrestler was a different year. Have we got to it yet? I don't know. 2008, the wrestler came out. We walked past that because we were too busy worrying about the Dark Knight's uh, injustices. Wasn't even nominated. We'll have to go back to that. Um, best original score won by the Social Network. Trent Reznor and Atter as Chris Ross. It's not like Hans Zimmer was nominated for Inception. Oh yeah, he was. Hans Zimmer was nominated. And <laughs> didn't win. Um, bizarrely, um, I wonder why that was. Was it because it was a genuinely good score? Uh, it's it's baffling. And there, oh, there's more. Um, 2011 was a weak year for me. I've 
I've watched some of the artists. It's a bit boring. Um, I think, look, there's an, it's, uh, there's plenty of nostalgia to be had and it's a nice film and the dog's really cute. And there was probably an element of, oh, how clever, a silent film in 2011. Uh, I, what, what were my notes for this? I said, at this point, who fucking cares? But alas, we continue. <laughs> <laughs> the artist cleaned up this year and I've just said, that's probably fair. It was a bit of a weak year with no proper challengers. Hugo won a couple of awards, but on the whole, no complaints, except for the lack of quality. The it, I, I think there were some good films that came out this year. Um, obviously, I love The Raid too, but that's not an Oscar film, evidently. But Shame came out this year, which is just, I think, too strong. Uh, you know, in, in its subject matter for the Oscars, uh, but Stephen McQueen did a stunning job in that film. Uh, it is balls in your face. Yeah, Drive came out this year, a, a quite an interesting film called Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, I hope I'm saying that right, um, The Guard, Tyrannosaur, and We Need to Talk About Kevin. Um, oh, yes. Um, Lynn Ramsey is, we'll, we'll come to the year that she did, uh, you were never really here, but Lynn Ramsey is, is an amazing director. Brett McKenzie won Best Original Song, which I enjoy. Yeah. Um, Best Original Score. John Williams nominated twice for Tintin and Warhorse. I swear to fuck if Hans ever made a film that year. <laughs> Tintin. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was good. It's a bit slow, but it was... Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gary Oldman was nominated, wasn't he? And didn't didn't really lost get much it. attention other than that, that film, did it? Yeah. Um, lost to Jean de Jardin. I did. I quite enjoyed the girl with the dragon tattoo by David Fincher, and I would have actually, if if we're going by the films that were nominated, the girl with the dragon tattoo is a more enjoyable film than the artist, personally, per, personally, by my preference. Well, that's just because I like the original Swedish production and the um, and the films, mm. the original Swedish films. So maybe I've just got a soft spot for it. But other than that, I can't really go any complaints because that year was a bit not a bit bold, not a strong year. Okay. But from 2011, we go to 2012, where Argo won Best Picture. Um, I reckon this was second and third on everybody's ballot paper and one, and one, one on proportional representation. Personally, the best film of that year for me is Django Unchained. Django Unchained is a great film. Um, I love Zero Dark Thirty and The Master as well. I would, I would have no problem with Django Unchained winning Best, best uh, Film that year either, though. Well, what pisses me off is that Tarantino was due a Best Director Oscar comfortably. Yes. He's, he's, he's made films like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last year. He's made uh, The Hateful Eight. He's made Django Unchained. And Ang Lee won again for Life of Pi. Mm. Like, you could just be interesting and give the award to Tarantino for Django Unchained. You know, a, a, bount- a slave turned into a bounty hunter. Um I think they went with Argo because it was safe. You know, oh, it's about breaking these American people out of the revolution into Iran by pretending they're Canadian and it's a film production. We need to get them out of the country. Um, Argo was a film that everyone liked and no one hated. Yeah, whereas Django Unchained, it's, you know, people always hate Tarantino. Some some people would have a problem with the violence in that. I mean, um, Samuel L. Jackson's character in that would be uh, tough to take, although I think it's a, a very accurate depiction of that particular character. But that was that for me. That is uh, Samuel Jackson's best performance. And while I yeah, I think I he was no, amazing. Christoph Waltz winning for Django Unchained. I have no complaints with Christoph Waltz. Is one of my favorite actors of all time. 
but he'd already won for Inglorious Bastards, which is a better performance than Django Unchained. He's still great in Django Unchained. Mm. And I do like the fact that he said to Tarantino, if I'm going to be in Django Unchained, my character has to be the opposite from Inglorious Bastards. He can't have a bad bone in his body. Mm. Saying that, Samuel L. Jackson in Django Unchained is the, the best performance. And that's a performance of Christoph Waltz, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jamie Foxx is great. It's a great ensemble. It's an incredibly, you know, uh, what's his name? Walton Goggins is in yeah. it as well. And Samuel you know, wasn't even given a look in. Yeah. Um, a bit, a bit more of not an injustice, but kind of like, oh, unlucky, mate. You made a film this year, but Daniel Day-Lewis decided to play Abraham Lincoln. So that's shout-outs to Bradley Cooper, Hugh Jackman, Joaquin Phoenix, and Denzel Washington. Joaquin Phoenix is um, amazing in The Master. He is very good, but again, Daniel Day-Lewis played, you know, yeah. the president liberated the slave yeah. in Lincoln. Yeah. So it's, but uh, Jack, I suppose Quentin Tarantino won Best Original Screenplay for Jack Bunchain, which is them recognising that it was the best film of the He's year. He's got at least two Oscars for screenplays. Nothing for director. Uh, he did win for... He won, but Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is one screenplay as well. I don't know if he... He was probably nominated for... We'll get to it. He was probably nominated for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but he's won two of them. Best Original Score was Life of Pi. Skyfall was nominated that year, and I really enjoyed the music from Skyfall, but uh, other than that, it just seems a bit of a waste to give Ang Lee another Best Director Oscar for fucking Life of Pi. Life of Pi yeah. is... I mean, I watched it again recently. It's 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 good, but... Bad. It's just... It's it's Life of Pi. It's not an Oscar. It's Again, if you're going to give that to Best Director, that has to be one of the best films of all time, and it's not... It's just not okay, right? So we're moving on to the next year. Unless you have anything to add for two thousand twelve. So this year is when Oscars start becoming really difficult because they start being a pain in the arse with how they spread out the Oscars to ensure that people go to see these films yep. to generate more Hollywood. Yeah. This year, two thousand and thirteen, is the year Twelve Years a Slave came out. Yep. Which won Best Picture? Deservedly so. Uh, if you look at what is nominated against, American Hustle, shite. Captain Phillips, not shite, but not the best picture of the year. Dallas Buyers Club, not shite, not the best picture of the film. You've got films like The Wolf of Wall Street. I can't believe American Oscar was nominated because it was shite, but you've got, you got solid films like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, Philomena, um, Nebraska, Her, Gravity. Yeah, 12 Years a Slave stands out by itself, doesn't it? 12 Years a Slave is the best picture that year. And subsequently, it is therefore the best directed film of this year, but they don't do that because they give it Alfonso Cuano for Gravity. Now, Gravity is an excellent film. I, I will happily watch it if it's on telly. It's only like it's only an hour and a half. It's only like eighty five minutes, but it's a great watch. But it's not the best director film of that year. It's, it's no, it, they've they've given him an award for like the technical achievement of like a realistic depiction of space and stuff. And uh, you know, yeah. again, without going over too much ground that we went over in our previous uh, conversation, Steve McQueen did stuff with the camera and with the lighting and with the performances and with what was on in the rivers and on the plants of the environment that he filmed. It, it's it's a complete piece of direction. Absolutely and Slavery. utterly complete. Slavery was a dying industry at that point, and Steve McQueen conveys that beautifully. Mm. When we talk about cinematography, I do remember reading that 12 Years a Slave used one camera for the entire shoot, and Catherine Bigelow, who's you know an Oscar winner herself, said that that's unusual, and it's an achievement that they managed to do that. Do you know what one best cinematography does? Gravity. Yep. Almost all, all in a set, isn't it? Yeah, it's all animated. It's all green screen. They, don't, they didn't fly up to space and film it, mm. apart from maybe the final shot where they're back on Earth. Yep. Spoilers if you yep. But 12 Years Slave wasn't even nominated for Best Cinematography. Um, this is where we start seeing more, not injustice or snubs, but it's just unlucky that Chouette, Chouette Ledger 4 put in my favourite performance of the year, personally, because I've just got 
you know, not a soft spot because I don't want to say I have a soft spot for a film about slavery, but it is the best film of that year. It's one of my like my best films of all time, or but like not best. I didn't make it, but you know what I mean. It's one of my favorite, but not favorite because it's about slavery. It's the yeah, best film of the year. It's um, yeah. I mean, it's Stuart Lodgeford's performance again. I think we you talked about you know Matthew McConaughey had built up a certain amount of momentum over about five years where people it was his year, um, but Stuart Lodgeford's performance, you know, it, you know the the. You know, what great actors talk about. There's a brilliant interview where, where um, Richard Burton talks about why he thinks Elizabeth Taylor was a great actress. Yes, because it's all in the eyes. She can convey the whole story with her eyes. And Chiwetel Ejiofor, it's an, it's an. I think people forget, right? Because Twelve Years a Slave is about. They think all the power comes from what it's a story about, and they almost didn't recognise how much skill and talent went into how it was portrayed. And his acting is almost like. They almost think it's like easy to portray what he was portraying because it's so emotional and everything. But actually, he did a phenomenal job portraying what he portrayed with his his voice, his, his, his you know his emotional responses to things, his eyes, his face, everything. He's you know absolutely. But as well as it being his year, um, Matthew McConaughey was playing a real life character, you know, and and that that just that always gives you points. It's a points the point system. It was in full swing. Yep. Matthew McConaughey was in full swing. Yep. Leonardo DiCaprio from Wall Street. I personally think that is Leonardo DiCaprio's best performance. Mm. It's up there. Um, and then he wins two years later, so you don't really worry about it. But I do feel like Chiwetel Ejiofor is probably not going to get another look in for maybe the rest of his career. I hope I'm wrong. Um, best adaptation yeah. play and best actress went to 12 Years a Slave. Best original screenplay went to her for Spike Jones, which is interesting because you know Spike Jones is a bit of a kind of indie kind of guy with yeah. you know, he's not attached to big productions best original score guess what won um, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what won because it wasn't Hans Zimmer for 12 years of stage it wasn't nominated <laughs> uh, oh my Stephen, lord Stephen Price for Gravity I've, the score for 12 years of sleep is haunting it is harrowing and you're giving it to Gravity yeah Gravity had a, a good score but it didn't like jump out Hans, I implore you to go to Spotify and listen to some of it. Listen to some of Hans Zimmer's score for Twelve Years Slave. Listen to the song Solomon, and you'll you'll see what I mean. Yeah, Philomena by Alexandra Desplat uh, was nominated, and I'd like to refer the honourable listeners to what I said about a monkey's tail. <laughs> about a monkey's tail. Um, yeah, yeah. Just it won three Oscars, and it should have won about seven. Yeah, Twelve Years Slave. Yeah. But I think no, um, no one won a lot. I mean, interestingly, American Hustle won 10 and didn't win any. And it's almost like the Academy came to their senses between the nominations and the voting. Nomin- yeah, most nominations were American Hustle and Gravity with 10. Gravity did win 7, though, which is unusual. A lot, a lot of technical ones. A lot of technical ones. But we move on. This is where, I think, this is, what year is this? 2014. The 2014 was, I think, was the year of Birdman. Yeah, Birdman won uh, Best my- Picture. My rants have been getting gradually longer as my notes have gone on, so it's hard to find your <laughs> starts. But we have Boyhood losing out. Now, when I first watched Boyhood, I was kind of like, meh, not a lot happens. But when you actually sit back and appreciate the achievement of what it is, it's incredible. It's a tw- the, the filmed it over 12 years. Um, and yeah, I mean, and that's the thing though. If, if a film takes another couple of viewings for people to realize exactly how great it is, it's more likely to be seen as great in the long term than it is in, during a short voting window, if you see what I mean. Yeah, although I did really enjoy Birdman. Um, but like what I was, uh, this is my nowhere. So I was finding that more ceremonies share these two for the best two films, in, which were Boyhood and Birdman, which is weird because Boyhood didn't win Best Director for Richard Linklater. Mm. 
Alejandro Gonzalez in Yuritu won Best Picture and Best Director, and I do think Richard Linklater should have won for Boyhood. Um, I also look. I, this is the year that Interstellar came out. I love Interstellar. I think it, I, yeah. it's my favorite film of the year. I, t- I, t- yeah. I tell you, one of the films that was really overlooked this year was Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah, the uh, is that the photographer? Yeah, the the guy who's played, like ambulance chasing kind of uh, cameraman for like news crews. I thought that was an absolutely immense film. And it really didn't get the recognition it deserved. Yeah, I mean, Interstellar is my favorite film of the, this year as well. I did enjoy Birdman, mm-hmm. and I thought if you get—I mean, I—I've I, kind of come to expect films like um, Interstellar and Inception, and probably Tenet, which I'm hoping I enjoy because I hated. <laughs> I'm just hoping I get to see it. It's seeing um, released an object. Anyway, that, that's by the by. I'm just coming to accept that Christopher Nolan films will not win Best Picture or Best mm-hmm. Director. But I do think ri- if you're going to give Birdman Best Picture, you should be giving Richard Linklater Best Director. Mm-hmm. For yeah, just for the sheer achievement of what you did. Um, I'm still not comfortable that Eddie Redmayne won for portraying Stephen Hawking. That six years on, five, six years on doesn't sit right, right with me. Um, yeah, I mean, you've talked about this before. Like, There's almost a point where you can take this kind of... Um, acting porn a bit too far where it's like you you know you, you portray someone it it, it the, the story of Stephen Hawking deserves to be told but there's a question mark over at what point do you say all right look he's he's you know the the depiction of disability is not just a prop for an actor to win an award yeah that the reason he wins the award is because he can sit in in the wheelchair and look like Stephen Hawking whereas I think it would have been interesting for him to do the performance up to that point or just make it a documentary. Um, and personally, I think Michael Keaton and Benedict Cumberbatch for the imitation game were, um, was, were much worthy when he was Michael Keaton for Birdman. Mm. Um, Julianne Moore wins for Still Alice, which wasn't her best performance, but it was kind of like, oh, fuck, we haven't given Julianne Moore a best actress Oscar. It, make, make a film about someone with dementia. There you go. That's why they've given it. A real-life character with dementia as well. Oh, is it? Is it real life? Yeah. Oh, it is. I didn't realise it was a true story. While it is a great performance, it does mean that Rosamund Pike didn't win for Gone Girl, and I personally think that was the best best actress yeah. award for that year. I think her, Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl is terrifying. Um, yeah, she, when, when she you, is very good in that. Oh, I'd just like to draw your attention to... Best original score. Do you know what one um, best original score that year, Dad? <laughs> Alexander Desplat, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, shorten that to... Uh, abbreviate that to GBH, and that's basically what they're committing to Hans Zimmer. Han, Han, Hans Zimmer's score for Interstellar is one of the best things that anyone has ever set to music. It's absolutely phenomenal. The way in which, look, we could do a whole, I think we obviously need to do like a why Hans Zimmer is, is, deserves to win the Oscar every year as our own separate conversation, but Interstellar, the music was unbelievable. Oh, he has to win for every year. Just win the ones that he's deserved to win for. He obviously didn't deserve to win for Sherlock Holmes. That's just me being bitter. Yeah, yeah. Deserved to win. In, in, inter, Interstellar, the, the music was the music was incredible. The only option for the Lion King, and that's the, the best thing. For the Lion King isn't even Hans Zimmer's score. It's the Elton music. John fucking score. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But my notes for this: Hans Zimmer didn't win for Interstellar, losing to Alexandra Day Platt for Grand Budapest, uh, Grand Buda, Budapest Hotel in brackets GBH, and Day Platt did the score. Fail so fuck. <laughs> Two thousand and fifteen. <laughs> um, where are we? Two thousand and fifteen. What won this year? Um, this was a really good year, actually. It's a lot of good, us, lot of good films come out this year. For us personally, Spotlight won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um. But we also really enjoyed Mad Match Fury Road. I really enjoyed The Martian. Yep. I did like The Red. Um, yep. 
what are my notes for this? Um, yeah, rightly won. Revenant, which won Best Director, which is which I've which I've written is like I don't really care about. It's just a bit weird that Alejandro and Yuritu won two awards. You know, you know, year after year, you know, consecutively. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't really give a shit about yeah. Spotlight won Best. Director, that's the most important thing. Yeah, it was uh, but, Spotlight was a good film. I think. Look, if you're talking about achievement in direction. Um, which I think is what you actually what the award is actually called. Mad Max Fury Road is, yeah. you know, was uh, thoroughly deserving. There, other good films have come out. I mean, Inside Out was a very good film. I know they they tend to pigeonhole those as into the animated, but Inside Out was a great film. Sicario came out as well. Hateful Eight, Ex Machina, which also I th- also thought was a, a really amazing film. Uh, yeah, I would have no complaints, but Spotlight deserved to win. So nominating. Yes, but yes, I don't, yeah, it's not it's not a controversial year, I don't think. Um, although. Best actor, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant, it was because, shit, we haven't given him an Oscar yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, although that does mean Michael Fassbender didn't win for Steve Jobs and Brian Cranston did play Dalton Trumbo very well. Yeah. Um, and it, that's, well, that's what tends to happen, is now we're going to have to wait for Michael Fassbender to do another real-life thing or another, you know, role, and you might have to wait for Brian Cranston, because Brian Cranston is possibly my favourite actor. Uh, the only thing I have a problem with is uh, Mark Rylance winning The Bridge of Spies, because they've just given it to Mark Rylance because it is Mark Rylance. There, were, there, were, there did seem to be this element of we are just so pleased that Mark Rylance has, has finally agreed to make films yeah, after, a, after a life in the theatre. And I think he's a terrific actor, but that's not the reason you should give awards. Well, yeah, I personally think um, Tom Hardy for the, in The Revenant and Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight deserve better shit. Yeah, Tom Hardy was very good. And, and Mark, you know, I, I really like Mark Ruffalo as an actor. I do really like Mark Ruffalo as an actor. <laughs> yeah. His his problem when it comes to awards and stuff is going to be he's one of those actors, and I think it's entirely legitimate to be this kind of actor. He doesn't need to make himself look completely different every time or sound completely different every time. He just gives an amazing performance at the the, the, the character he's playing, but and and that's a perfectly justifiable way to act. But it doesn't get awards as much if you see what I mean. And and this is this is you for giving Oscars to people that they just needed to give Oscars to because they gave best original score to Ennio Morricone, may he rest in peace, um, for the Hateful Eight. Yeah, and again, that's an embarrassment Oscar, isn't it? Because you just look back at his career and go, we haven't given him an Oscar yet. Fucking hell! I said he got he got a, a lifetime achievement award back in two thousand seven, and this is basically just another one of them. Yeah, I guess about twenty three films that he could have won best. Yeah, like awards. the the Mission, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which he wasn't nominated for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, no real complaints. Um, although Mad Max Fury Road didn't win Best Cinematography because The Revenant did. Yeah, I mean, The Revenant does look very good, but again, you bear in mind what they did with the cinematography in, in Mad Max Fury Road. But yeah, other than that, no real complaints. Yeah. We're now on 2016, which is where the year everyone went mental for La La Land. Yeah. I've just said this. This is the year the academy seemed a bit clueless, and it's hard to comment on what they're doing when I when they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, uh, they announced La La Land as best picture when it was actually Moonlight. No, I wouldn't have any problems with La La Land being best picture or Moonlight. They were both great films, mm. but it just looks a bit unprofessional, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I thought Moonlight was was a fantastic film. I really enjoyed Hacksaw Ridge from this year. Yeah, uh, and it's a bit of a shame that Mel Gibson. Directed Apocalypse and Hacksaw Ridge, but he's only ever won Best Director for Braveheart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just kind of put the films this year, it's just kind of set to serve, no, simply to serve um, as money generators for um, for Hollywood to make a bit more revenue. Just a bit of a, a bit of a boring year. There's nothing yeah. really common. Damien Chazelle probably deserves to win for La La Land. Yeah. Maybe Barry Jenkins. 
and that's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, again, just a, a, a shout out for I Daniel Blake, the kind of British film that doesn't get rewarded by Hollywood because there's no stately homes in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's his face? The athlete was for um, Manchester by the Sea. Mm. Um, Viola Davis probably rightfully wins for fences. My, it's a bit of a bit of a nothing year, but this is the year where I start to get very angry. Um, because Get Out didn't win in awards, and The Shape of Water did. Now, I love Guillermo del Toro, but The Shape of Water is not the best picture of that year. He wasn't the best director of that year. It's a, it's a highly enjoyable film. Mm. a bit weird that she's a fish, but Get Out, it's comfortably the best film of that year. You, you, can, you can't, I will die on this hill. Yeah, Get, Get Out was, was an absolutely amazing film, brilliantly made. Um... Other films nominated, Dunkirk, hated. So, I mean, I, I didn't, I liked Dunkirk better than you did, but I was disappointed by it and I didn't, I didn't really like it. And, you know, that's a whole different discussion of Dunkirk. And it's, it's just a classic example of, if Christopher Nolan does a, a sci-fi film that happens to be amazingly inventive and brilliant in so many ways, like Inception, um, he doesn't get the recognition for Inception, but he will get the, 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 the more recognition for a, a serious-minded, dramatic you know, period drama about the Second World War because that's that's how the Oscars are built. Do you know what I mean? That's what um, the the Oscars are built more for one kind of film rather than another, regardless of whether the um, uh, you know, which film is better. I mean, that's it's one of the real Achilles heel of, of the Oscars, essentially. I I do feel a bit for Daniel Kaluuya for not winning Best Actor, but Gary Oldman did put in the performance of his career as Winston Churchill and Darkest Hour. I, you know, look, pers- personally, I think Daniel, uh, Gary Oldman's given better performances, and I think it's one of those things where a physical transformation to play a very prominent political... Again, it's a point system. He had to make himself look very different, and he's playing a real-life character, a real-life character with a very distinctive voice, so you can listen to recordings and then go, oh, uh, Gary Oldman does sound like him. Um Personally, I you know I think Gary Oldman's put in some absolutely stunning performances over the years, um, but announce. but you win for what you win for if you see what I mean. Uh, Alexander Desplat won Best Original Score for The Shape of Water, and as much as I hated Dunkirk, I did enjoy the score, which was composed by um, Hans Zimmer. Zanz. Um, I'd like to refer the honourable listeners to the comments made about Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, in regards to Alexander Desplat also making a monkey's tail. Mm. Um, but other than that, no real complaints. Is the cinematographer Blade? Oh, Roger Deakins won for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is a very long overdue. Oscar. That was his thirteenth or fourteenth nomination. Was that his first win? Yeah. Fucking hell! Yeah, that's 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 another one of those. Oh, shit, we should probably give him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and the cinematography was outstanding. Um, but I agree with you. Get Out was the best film of the year. Um, and but James Franco for the disaster artist, I, I personally feel deserved them, uh, more nominations and more recognition. I enjoyed his performance more than say Daniel Day Lewis in Phantom Thread. But mm. when it, when anything's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, it's Dan, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. You know, it's pretty, you're probably going to get a looking for a kind of light-hearted jokey. Yeah. About um, the room, but yeah, get out should have cleaned up compared to Shape of Water. Um, yeah, are we on? Are we on our last one? I think we're on. We're Two set, more. We're on our set. Two more years. So, this is 2018. Um, I've just kind of written a bit of a nothing year. I'm not. I'm not sure if Green Book was definitely the best film of the year, but there's no real controversy or injustice. I did enjoy Black Klansman. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put my hand up here and say You Were Never Really Here was the best film. Um, Joaquin Phoenix's performance should have won an Oscar. That film was absolutely stunning. It probably, it probably had the problem that it was quite a small release and came out early in the year. And if you really, really want to win an Oscar, you need to start releasing it in about November time. Um, but what I liked about Green Book was like people were saying that the tagline should have been, it's like, Dan, it's like driving Miss Daisy, but this time the racist is in the front of the car. <laughs> It's okay. it, Green Book again. It's, it's not to criticise it because I think it did what it did very well. But certain films are just designed to win Oscars, and that's one of those films. The Favourite I thought was an amazing film. I thought The Favourite was was hard done by as well, and The Death of Stalin. Um, Death but, of Stalin was actually and very and very leave, and Leave No Trace. I don't know if you saw that again. There's a film that wasn't very big. That was absolutely amazing film. Leave No Trace about a, a guy with PTSD and his daughter trying to um, trying to live in the woods. No, I've not. I've not seen that. Um, well, I'll give great, it a great, look. Some, sometimes you don't say it's a, a bad choice, but it was a safe choice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, although I mean, Black Panther was getting nominated. Now, I love Black Panther. I think it's a great film. That was best picture of the year. Mm. And Bohemian Rhapsody, I, I enjoyed. Alphonse Cuarón on one best director for Roma. Mm. Meh, meh. Um, We're probably as we get towards the end of the decade, we might. We see we, we've given ourselves a chance to, to to look back at films from longer ago that have reached to the test of time, and we don't yeah. know, we don't know what films released in the last two to three years are going to do in terms of standing the test of time, do we? Rami Mal- Malik probably deserved to win Freddie Mercury, Olivia Coleman for Queen Anne, yep. and um, the favourite. I don't really have any have any complaints. I'm just going to check best original score. Black Panther won best original score. That completely passed me by. Yeah. Although I think the best the best thing about the, the, the music in Black Panther was uh, like the Kendrick Lamar stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't remember any of the non Kendrick Lamar stuff, but well, you know, um, I think that's another case of you know giving Oscars and spreading them out. Like you've got yeah, the Oscars yeah. for Black Vice, Roma, Bohemian Rhapsody, A, St- a Star Is Born. Um, but yeah, um, bit bit of a boring year to be honest, and. I think you have, I think you have to look in sort of some of the dark you know darker shadier corners for the best films that year and Oscars are always about more prestige pictures aren't they So 2019 Parasite won best director uh, best picture and best director which it's weird that they'll they'll do that thing where they spread it they'll give the best picture to uh, to one film and then best director to the other yeah i mean the thing is obviously you know might say well if surely there's no point in having a best director film because the best film is the best film and the director shares in that but which is more like what they do it can i think um but uh yeah so the best film certainly didn't direct itself did it yeah um i think it's it's great to see parasite win i, I did enjoy parasite yeah uh, i thought it was a very good film very different to what we're used to yeah um but Bong Joon-ho then win the Best Director, and I think 1917 deserves more recognition than it got. Did it win? Did 1917 win? Um, it was nominated for a lot, wasn't it? Um, I, have, I, I haven't seen it yet, but obviously what I've heard is that you know they they, you know it's like a single camera shot the whole time. There's you know if someone's actually if someone's actually gone out of their way to try and do something as as different as that for a film that for a topic or a, like a setting which is quite difficult to do where usually like war films have thousands of cuts per minute to have it you know engage like that the entire time was you know, yeah I think I saw an interview with Roger Deakins having not seen the film but I would watch an interview with Roger Deakins says you can't exactly ask people to stop and wait for the light because you just kind of go here's the camera go and oh, it's a completely different challenge 
Roger Deakins won for 1917, though. Yes, although, yeah, the, the cinematography in this instance wasn't about getting the right lighting for it. It was about what an achievement it was to do what he did with the camera to make the whole thing look like a single take. That, and obviously, Sam Mendes said, I'm going to need the best cinematographer in the business to pull this off, and, and so, it, so it turned out. Um, but yeah, we see Joaquin Phoenix finally winning a Best Actor Oscar. Yeah, that's an uh, apology Oscar for all the times he should have won. Antonio Banderas nominated for Pain and Glory. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I did enjoy, actually. I thought he Adam was, yeah, Driver, he was very good. Adam Driver for Marriage Story and Jonathan Price for The Two Pope. I would say Adam Driver is quietly sort of creeping up as a, as a really, really good actor. He yeah, just he quietly goes about his business, uh, but does some really good stuff. He was wasted in the Star Wars sequels, personally. Mm. Um, I don't think Renee Zellweger deserved to win for um, Judy and Judy, Gar- Judy Garland. I think it's just one of those things like, oh my God, she's playing Judy fucking Garland. Real life character who sings. They love it. But I thought Cynthia Erivo in, in Harriet as Harriet Tubman was a better performance, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a much better story um, than Judy Gar- Garland's story, personally. Um, that's the only snub or injustice I'd say. Yeah. There was nice to see um, Jojo Rabbit win, Taika Waititi winning an Oscar. Um, Parasite won Best Original Screenplay. Uh, again, no complaints. Tarantino was nominated. Mendes was nominated. And Tarantino doesn't need another screenplay Oscar, does he? He needs a Best Director. Best Original Score went to Joker, which is good because I really enjoyed the score. For that it was by Hilder. I don't know how to say that. Like, yeah. Who's the daughter? Um, yeah, they like they like their Scandinavian um, composers at the moment, don't they? The Oscars. Yeah, uh, I really I really enjoyed the score to um, Joker. Although I thought I thought Joker didn't, you know, Joker got the most nominations with eleven, which is insane. Todd Phillips, as much as I enjoyed Joker, it wasn't best picture, it wasn't best director. It did have the best score, but um, it was literally just to give us performance of working finishes mm. Joker, which he does very well. Mm. Does Oscar, yeah, but. Um, probably the only injustice was 1917 not getting as much of a looking for best director or best picture personally yeah. but um, honorary awards for David Lynch I yeah they've kind, they've kind of admitted David you're never going to win one so just take this Okay, now don't go away, this is just an intermission. Rest your ears for a few minutes, comfort break, stock up on food, and be back here for the concluding part of the episode, which is available now. The music for this episode was Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. His Incompetech site is a great source for licensed music for your own podcasts and videos if you're that way inclined. We'll be back in a few minutes. See you on the other side.